Remember the old hymn, Onward Christian Soldiers? Well, we heard last time on Through the Bible that that's what we are. I'm Steve Schwetz, your host, welcoming you aboard the Bible bus for another great adventure in God's Word. Today's journey takes us to Nehemiah chapter 4, where Dr. McGee will tell us about a foolproof strategy that we as soldiers can use when fighting the enemy. So grab your Bible and find your place in Nehemiah 4, and while you do that, here are a couple of letters from our fellow passengers. First, here's a note from a listener in New Jersey. I'm writing to say thank you for doing a fine work in bringing the good news of the gospel to people all over the world. I was so blessed to get an encouraging word from God through Dr. McGee while in prison many years ago. Since I have been out, life has not been easy, and yet I know that because of what Jesus has done on the cross for me and others, I can go on and live a victorious life in peace. Please receive my small offering so that the Bible bus can keep on going, and please remember those who are in jails in this country and around the world. Satan is a liar and wants people to live in darkness. Praise God for Jesus who is the light of the world. Well, isn't that a great letter? Thank you so much for your support that keeps the Bible bus shining the light of Jesus in your neighborhood and in more than 200 languages around the world, in homes, in prisons, in hospitals, and more. Next, we hear from Nora, who listens in the Takbaylit language from Algeria. I have just come back from Libya. The Kabyle Christians I met with in Libya meet in their houses and listen to you on the radio. They even discreetly share Jesus with their neighbors. Some have come to faith in Jesus. Please continue to pray for those of us who fear violence but want to share the good news. Our greatest wish is to be of service to the Lord. Well, I certainly hope that that's our wish as well. And if you'd like to join our world prayer team as we intercede alongside listeners like these, sign up today at ttb.org forward slash pray. And if you'd like to support the Bible bus as we continue our journey through God's entire word, visit ttb.org forward slash give or call us today at 1-800-65-BIBLE. Now let's pray with and for each other. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Please use it to do a work in our hearts as we listen and receive it today. Thank you for your spirit that's so alive in us. Would you give us the grace and mercy that we need to get through this day? In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Now here's our study of Nehemiah 4 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now today, friends, we come to this fourth chapter, and we saw last time that the walls of Jerusalem went up all the way around at the same time because this man, Nehemiah, used a very special strategy. He's an ingenious fellow. And as we moved around the walls, we saw that different ones were allocated to a separate section. So as one built here, the wall went up all the way around. And we are told that it got about halfway up. The enemy saw that they could not use the weapon of the enemy, which is laughter, laugh at you first, then ridicule you openly before others. That didn't work. And so now they're going to deploy a new method to try to keep these people from building. And we're told, but it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth or angry, and he took great indignation and mocked the Jews. The enemy now saw that laughing at them didn't stop them at all, and now he's going to use the weapon of ridicule before others. And they mocked the Jews. And the very interesting thing here is that The thing that he's mocking is 
that which was precious to God, but it's despised by Sanballat. And they began now to ridicule him before others. And notice what they did. He spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now, these questions which he asked were pertinent questions, and there were questions that even the children of Israel were asking themselves. They wondered if they'd be able to complete this task. Now, they use this as a weapon of ridicule, and this is the method that the enemy will use. Now, what is it that this man's going to do? Well, after they asked the questions, why, another one of the enemy, Tobiah the Ammonite, was with him, and he's a wisecracker, and he comes through with a little sarcastic remark. Has a touch of humor in it, by the way. Now, Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Now, a fox is a very light-footed animal. You know, a fox can walk over ground, not leave much of a track. A fox can run on a wall, not disturb a thing on it. And so the ridicule that this man Tobiah is using, why he says, why the feeble Jews are building a wall here, that even if a fox came along, light-footed as he is, why he'd knock down the wall. It's such a feeble wall. And after all, there were goldsmiths and apothecaries, druggists were out there building a wall, and even women. And so they ridicule all of this now. And believe me, this was discouraging for these people. So what is this man going to do? Well, the resource and the recourse of this man is prayer. And notice what he does. In verse 4, he says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head. Give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Now, you see, the interesting thing is that these men were God's enemies as well as theirs. And the prayer they're making is a prayer under law. And under law, why, they had a perfect right to ask for justice. They had a right to ask that there be a righteous judgment made. And God intends to do that, friends. That's never been shamed. But the Lord Jesus Christ has reversed it for those of us that are believers today so that we're told that we're not to use this method to pray for revenge. We're told very definitely, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And we saw in Romans some time ago that we were told that a believer is not to revenge himself. He's not to get revenge at all. Paul said, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. Give place unto wrath, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now, there's certain matters that we should turn over to the Lord, and he'll handle it. If you and I attempt to handle it, it means we're not walking by faith. There are certain things that I think we are to handle. And I think that it's quite 
evident that there is a time that a rebuke should be given. And Paul told the Corinthians to deal with that thing that was in the church that was wrong. And Paul writing to a young preacher, the last thing he had to say was to Timothy, and he said to him, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. He says to him, reprove. That means convict. And he says, rebuke. That means to threaten. He says to exhort. That means to comfort. And a child of God is to use the sword of the Lord, which is the word of God. And that sword needs to be pushed into that thing which is corrupt and wrong in our lives. But it also is to be used to apply the bomb of Gilead to a broken heart. But there are times when today the rebuke should be delivered. And God help the preacher that is not being faithful in that connection. We're living in a day when people heap to themselves teachers with itching ears. They want a flowery message that just washes itself out into nothing and that does not deal with the sin in their lives and their indifference and that type of thing. And as a result, a great many so-called Bible churches have nothing in the world but just that which is sweet. And there's a lot of the Scripture that is sweet, but there's some of the Scripture that's bitter. And as a result, why, they never hear from that side at all. People think this is not one of the things that you should hear. But under law, my friend, they could pray, and this was their only resource and recourse. And they asked that justice be brought to pass. And under law, that's what they could do. And these men that were God's enemies, as well as these people's enemies, now what are they going to do after their prey? It's wonderful to sit together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. But we're also told that we're to walk worthy down here. That Christian life is a walk. And we're also told that it's a warfare and that we're to put on the whole armor of God. And as a result, why, the thing I want to know is after they prayed, what did they do? Well, he tells us here, verse 6, So built we the wall. We did it. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. The people gave themselves to this, and they continued to build the wall. So the opposition here of ridicule, it's overcome by the people. But now they're going to move in another direction. The enemy is. And he finds out that these things won't work. So what is he going to do? Well, he's going to use another tactic, and he does here. Now, in verse 7 of chapter 4 of Nehemiah, I'm reading, but it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. Now, this really made them angry because they saw that their ridicule and laughing at them had not stopped these people from doing this thing. And they were continuing to go on. And as a result, why, they're going to use another tactic. And they conspired, all of them together, to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, or so, we made our prayer unto God. And here again, we have this man. Prayer is his resource and his recourse. It's watch and pray now. Will you notice? Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. Now, what else did you do? It's wonderful today to use 
these pious platitudes when we back them up with something. Now, I know a great many people, they will say, well, we'll pray about it. Have you ever heard that given to you as an answer? You ask them to do something and say they'll pray about it. Well, what I want to know is what are you going to do after you pray? I asked a man when I was pastor to do something. He said, well, I'll pray about it. And I said, wait a minute. If that's your way of saying no to me, say it right now to my face and not get somebody else. But I said, I don't think you need to pray about this. Either you can do it or you can't do it. Either you will do it or you won't do it. And which is it? Well, he wouldn't do it, tell the truth. And he was just putting me off. And that enabled me then to get somebody else. And there are a great many people like that. It's just mouthing pious platitudes. And there's a great deal of that that's going on. Now, these people prayed. And that's important. Sure, you to pray about it. But what do you do after you pray? Well, he says, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God, and we set a watch against them day and night because of them. Now, this man Nehemiah could have uttered another very pious platitude, and that is, well, we're trusting the Lord. We won't do anything. That's the easy thing to do, and a great many people today doing nothing. They say, we're trusting the Lord. Well, what are you doing about it? If you're trusting the Lord, you'll be doing something. So he knew the enemy was plotting to come against them. And what does he do? Well, he sets a watch. He's trusting God. But the way you trust God is to set a watch also. Now will you notice verse 10. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. Now that's trouble within. And here is where... You better be careful because the devil won't hurt you from the outside. We're going to see that next time. He'll hurt you, though, from the inside. And actually, this man, Nehemiah, didn't get angry until we're going to see next time that when trouble was within, he got angry. But now here, it's the method of discouragement. I think this is one of the greatest weapons that Satan has today, discouragement for God's own. I have a letter that I received some time ago, and I've answered it. It was from a missionary way down in South America, in the jungle, working with a tribe down there. And this is their first term of service. It means they're a young couple. And they were very discouraged. They wrote and they said to me, I judge from what they said otherwise, that they were ready to come home. And they says, we were very much discouraged here. And you do not know what it means to listen to your program late at night down here in a foreign land with a people and we don't understand them and we can't understand their language yet. We're learning it. And they apparently were ready to just drop everything and come on home. And the devil, of course, was using that matter of discouragement. And, you know, we've got discouraged and we're ready to go off that radio station. And then the Lord, in a very marvelous way, he undertook for us. And we are able to continue on the station. And we are so glad we are because here's a couple there able now to listen to it. And we thank God for that. Oh, how wonderful the Lord is to us, friends. And he's certainly been wonderful to let us broadcast down there. And I wrote to this couple. They didn't ask for anything. They just wrote and explained what the program meant to them. And 
So I've just written to encourage them. My, the devil uses that, and he uses it in our lives many times. And in the midst of this discouragement, the enemy took advantage of it. And our adversaries said, I'm reading verse 11, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times from all places, whence ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Now the enemy said, we're going to have a surprise attack. We're going to take you when you're not even looking for us. Well, now what's Nehemiah? What's his strategy going to be in answer to that? Listen to him now, verse 13. Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places. I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Now he put every man in the position where he could defend his own family. And that made him more comfortable when he's building, of course. If he's building the wall down there, His family are back up away from him a distance. He doesn't know whether they're safe or not. So then he put them there with their families, and they had their swords with their spears and bows. Then he says, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles, to the rulers, to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Now that's to be their motto. That's to be their rallying cry. How wonderful this was. Remember the law, the battle cry. You remember in the Spanish-American War? Our nation had a battle cry. Remember the Maine. World War I, it was remember the Lusitania. And in World War II, it was remember Pearl Harbor. Napoleon always used some victory to stir his soldiers up to fight. And it would be to remember some victory. And Paul the Apostle. In this second epistle that he wrote to the young preacher, Timothy, and that was his swan song, he gave him a rallying cry. And the correct translation of 2 Timothy 2.8 is, Remember Jesus Christ. That's the rallying cry of believers today. Remember the Lord here, which is great and terrible and reverent, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your house. You defend yourself. That is the fact. It came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that they returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. We could go back to work. Now the enemy retired. He found out he couldn't surprise us. But this man, Nehemiah, he still has a strategy. He's an ingenious fellow. I like him. I wish I had him around today. Verse 16, came to pass... From that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them helped both the spears, the shields, and the bows. And the Abergians and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which build it on the wall and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work and the other hand he held a weapon. I love this. One hand he's got in it a trowel, to build. In the other hand, he has in it a sword to defend himself. Now, these are the two weapons or instruments that should be in the hands of the believer today. The trowel, building up yourself in your most holy faith. 
That's for inside. That's to build up yourself. Now, I disagree with a lot of these folk that say that when you're saved, you're just to jump right out and start witnessing. My friend, I really don't think new converts ought to be used. I think they ought to be tested. I think they ought to know something. I think they ought to be able to say, Jesus saves and keeps and satisfies because I know it. I've experienced it. And so when somebody says to me, well, so-and-so was saved yesterday or last night, I said, well, fine. And somebody writes and tells me, I was saved listening to your program yesterday. I say, fine. But let me hear from you in a year from today, or two years from today. That'd be important. You see, we need to be built up. The trowel needs to be in our hands. But there also needs to be the sword of the Spirit. That's important. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. We need to use that also. We ought to have one in one hand and one in the other. Spurgeon got out a magazine years ago called The Sword and the Trowel. And I think it's still in existence. I was in Spurgeon's church, stood in his pulpit not long ago. Oh, what a great man of God he was. And he believed you ought to have both of these. We believe that today. For the builders, everyone had his sword girded by his side and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. So that what happened? And I said unto the nobles, to the rulers, to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. Wonderful, isn't it? He said, now, I'll watch. And when I blow the trumpet, that's where you're to come because then we'll meet the enemy head on. Now, he says, so we labored in the work. Half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. I don't know what union they belonged to, but they sure worked longer than eight hours from the rising of the sun till the stars appeared at night. Believe me, they were tired and weary in the work of the Lord. Likewise, at the same time said I unto the people, let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. Now, those that had come from afar, like the men down in Jericho, he said, now you stay right here, close by, because we want you to be ready to guard at night. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes. And I'm just about ready to say to Nehemiah, boy, I bet you got dirty during that time. Oh, he says, I just want you to understand, saving that every one of them put off for washing. Nehemiah says, after all, we did take a bath. And that's when we took our clothes off. Otherwise, we never took them off to go to sleep. We kept them on. We were on guard all the time. Oh, to be clothed today with the armor of God. How wonderful it is. See, there's humor in the Bible, friends, even in a crisis like this. The Lord inserted a little humor. Well, next time, we're going to see where the real difficulty finally arose that caused Nehemiah to get angry, and it almost disrupted the work of the Lord, and it took place on the inside. The church can only be hurt from the inside today. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, my beloved. Dr. McGee has more great advice for us from God's Word in our next study. But in the meantime, let's read chapter 5 of Nehemiah to be prepared. 
If you'd like to read ahead before each study, and that's a great way to get more out of this study, just download a free copy of our reading schedule at ttb.org forward slash bookmark or call 1-800-65-BIBLE and ask to be put on the newsletter mailing list. In each issue, you'll receive more great teaching by Dr. McGee, some tips to apply what you're learning on the Bible bus, and we'll keep you up to date with the great things that are happening with God's Word all around the world. I promise you that we won't ask for money of any kind or send you anything but the newsletter and the bookmark with the reading schedule. So go ahead and sign up with confidence at ttb.org or call 1-800-65-BIBLE. And if you'd like to share today's program with a friend, you can send them a link to ttb.org forward slash listen, or you can call and request a pack of our Listen Bible Bus passes that you can hand out. Now, as we mentioned before, each one has a QR code that links to the program and our website address. Again, they're free when you call 1-800-65-BIBLE. When you're in touch, we'd love to hear how you listen to Through the Bible. Is it online? Is it on the radio through our app? However you hop aboard, it's important to us, so mention it if you can. Well, that's all for us today. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll be here next time saving a seat on the Bible bus just for you. Through the Bible is a five-year study of God's entire Word, and together we discover God's purposes in history and our lives, found only when we believe in Jesus Christ. Do you know Him yet?